Welcome to another episode of the Ticklish. Hey, don't don't do that. The Ticklish Travel. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of <laughs> the Ticklish Traveler and his travel tales. Don't do that. Again, everybody, Stanford Jolly. Just look him up. Well, you're all in for a treat tonight as I'm going to share with you my funnest hostel. It was many, many years ago in. I'm going to let you wait on that one a little while. Well, I was sitting out in the little patio area. It was, I don't know, maybe eight by 10 and they had the big steps going up taking up half of this patio and they had the dark green cheap plastic table and these little plastic chairs to go with it and me and jose oh i guess we were both pushing around 40 by now we were out there in the patio and we were laughing it up i thought he was a german no sevilla okay so jose and i we're sitting out there in this hostel, and here they come. Teenage kid with a stick, and he was chasing this wild dog. Yep, there comes his brother, and he was chasing his little sister with a stick. They were a pack of gypsies. Uh-oh. Here comes the little one. She was crying. Look like she had chocolate all over her face. Up, oh, yep. There goes the mom, chasing the little one. Ah, oh, here comes the dad, the big black mustache, long sideburns, a fori dory, green hat. I guess like Tom Landry used to wear. And this gypsy fella, he had this big feather in this green hat. Well, through the iron gate, he puts his arm. And on his arm was a whole row of bright neckties. <laughs> I, was, I didn't know there was an opera here. <laughs> I, oh, you didn't know? Oh, yeah, I'm performing tonight, Jose. I took myself out of the gutter. And, oh, man, we would have fun, me and Jose. So after we were there a couple weeks, I don't know, maybe three, who knows, this young fellow walks through the gate, the iron gate shut, and me and Jose were out there. It was a Frenchman, Abel, and he was real dark-skinned. He was a Morocco, moved to France. Everybody liked this guy, and me and Jose really liked this guy, and I got a lot of things to tell you about this hostel. Oh, I'm going to tell you right now why we liked him. He got us dates. Me and Jose, we were going around in Romania. That's where the hostel was. And this time, unlike all in villages, I was in the capital city. So, me and Jose, we weren't having any luck with these gals, these Romanians. And they're real beautiful and they all speak English. They're the most clever nationality i've ever met for languages 
here's this young French guy, Abel, and me and Jose. And we all went around. And Abel, he got these girls, real pretty and young, phone number, and he gave it to me. He says, hey, man. Say, yeah, there. You know, and, and just a few minutes later, he got Jose a date. So, man, we were happy. We were slicked up and put on our, you know, our nice button shirt and everything. And I took a whole shower and changed my socks and a whole, the whole schmeal of the works every day. I went with this girl down the road, picked her up. I walked down maybe half an hour down the main street. I think it was called University Avenue. So I get this girl from her work and her two sisters show up. And they were 10 and 8. The next thing I know, I was in a restaurant with this young girl who was maybe 18, 19. And she was real pretty, had the green eyes and long hair. And wait, 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 wait. No, no. What's the babysitting? No, 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 no. They grabbed the menu. And I'm, oh, man, I had five bucks on me. Was gonna get us a drink and walk around and, and you know just have some simple fun. Man, I have forty dollar nights. Nope. I got up. I just walked out. And these two little girls and their sister. I guess it was all my dates. <laughs> I told them McDonald. No McDonald. No. We went to McDonald and I got a large Coke. And four straws, and man, they were ticked. She was yelling at me, and just trying to hit me, and she connected a couple of times. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Oh, here comes Jose. And we were down in the busy metro there in Bucharest, Romania, and it was just down from this hostel. Hey, man, hey, how's it going? How does it look like it's going? I got no McDonald's. This girl's hitting me. Like, hey. So I'm looking at Jose's date, and she was, I don't know, maybe around 40, around our age. She had a real pretty dress on and long hair. And Jose, he started laughing. He's flirting with the girl I was with, and he went and bought her a cheeseburger, and she was real happy. So I sat and started talking to Jose's girl, and she said to me, this guy, he doesn't like me. I go, oh, well, I, I do. Yeah, I go, come on, let's go for a walk. Hey, Jose. Go ahead, take mine, and I'm going to take yours for a walk. Over, oh, he goes, yeah, all right, yeah, okay, that's good. <laughs> that was the night me and Jose switched dates. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man, that was fun, walking in the dark night and then filthy roads with that lady in the dress, 40-year-old, and I held her hand, and it was romantic. And Jose, he didn't have much fun with that girl. He said she ran him around and, was going to all these restaurants and he spent a whole bunch of folding money on her and he he didn't care he you know, he's like oh man so Abel this French guy was talking to this little guy that showed up and he was another Frenchman and they're in the outside area of this hostel in again in Romania Paul Matal I remember his name he had a real heavy thick French accent. Because he was from France. That's a simple reason. So, man, we were all getting along real well. We'd go walking around the neighborhood. And none of us really knew too much. 
where to go to get the groceries. So we asked the genius. We called this guy the genius for a simple reason. He spoke, I don't know, eight, nine, ten, how many languages? He just came in from Israel, and he spoke fluent Romanian, he spoke Spanish, he spoke German, all these things. So the genius would go get us groceries. Well, he was kind of a little pipsqueak guy like Gilligan, and he was afraid to go out at night because they had wild dogs there on these streets in Bucharest. And it was midsummer, and it was warm and real pleasant. So I'd take this guy to the grocery store. Excuse me, he'd take me to the grocery store, but I was his bodyguard. And he'd give me all kinds of apple and roast beef sandwiches, and he'd always feed me. So that was kind of odd that we come back, and I, I would tell everybody, yeah, you know what I mean? I, I chased off a bunch of dogs, and this guy's scared. They're laughing at him. <laughs> so this other guy shows up, Quinn. He was a Texan, and he kind of looked like Robert Redford. He had the yellow hair and everything, and everybody liked him. He was always laughing. And having a good time. So the genius told us where there was this pool hall. And there was no wall or nothing on the building. But there was a pool table there. So we went in there. And we were shooting billiards. And there was a real heavy lady. And she was from, I think, Idaho. And she was afraid to walk back. As it was kind of a rough area. And it was getting to be late at night. And Jose and Abel... And this other French guy, Paul Matau, they were all still wanting to play and drink beer. And I didn't want to drink any beer. You know, I had one. So I walked this, this let's just say it, she was a fat lady from Idaho. I walked her home on the railroad track. Well, ah, man, I twisted my ankle. I mean, but good. Oh, boy. Gee whistle. She says, you stupid guy, you. <laughs> I go, yeah, you're right. So she had to kind of carry me home. Oh, man, did them guys rib me the next day. They go, hey, you were supposed to take care of her. She carried you home. Oh, man. And the girls there, Christina and all the other ones, Elizabeth, and all these pretty girls that worked the counter there at the hostel there laughing at me. Well, the next day, it was real it was real windy and blustery, and a storm was coming. And all the fellas, they all took off. They all went to the pub. Jose, he went to some park with that young girl. And everybody else, they took off. So I was out with my foot up in the air. My ankle, man, it was as big as a softball. Oh, man, I, ooh, man, I was in pain. So I looked out the window, and that Texan, Quinn, he brought a brand new soccer ball for all the kids to play in the neighborhood. He was just a real nice fella. And I looked out the window, and sure enough, there was all these little kids, these little gypsy kids and neighborhood kids, and when they were kicking this ball, back in, I go, man, I, I, I couldn't take it. I had to go out there and kick it around with them. So I'm limping, and the little kids were smiling, and they kicked the ball, and Shoop, right through the window. Oh. <laughs> I go, oh, no, that's where Paul Mattel's sleeping. Oh, no, man. Right then, 
fucking starts raining. Oh, man. I go, jeez. I got to go. I went in there, me and Christina, the young pretty girl. She looked like this girl that worked at the hostel looked like Hepburn. Not Catherine, but the other one. And, man, me and her were taking the glass off Paul's bed, and we took the mattress and shook it out. And he comes walking up with a bell, and they had a couple of Romanian girls with him. And his face just dropped. I go, hey, Paul, you got kicked out, man. We we got a bunch of Chinese coming in. You got to sleep out in the gutter tonight. I go, oh. <laughs> Jose was walking from the other way. We were all having Christine told him, no, this is dumbbell. He just kicked a ball, soccer ball, right through the window. How you can't walk? Why are you doing kicking ball? What is it in my bed? Why? So the next day, I could not find a window replacement place. Christine called the local girl. She called and called. Nobody was open. So that night, everybody in that room got a cold because the rain came and it was freezing cold and that window was just gone. Man. It was <laughs> so all of a sudden, oh man, everybody's yelling at me the next day because I slept down in the basement. There was a big beds and everything down there and the TV and once in a while the hostel was full so I'd go down there and sleep and nobody else did and I was the only one that didn't get a cold <laughs> oh man they were taking off at me man oh man I have bought all those guys a bunch of peanuts and candy bars and stuff like the circus and man we had fun so then these two no this one African guy shows up and he was from I think he was from Uganda, and he was in real good shape. I believe he was a soccer player, one of those something, cross-country runner. I don't know. So he shows up, and he joined in all the fun, and he told us all he was a prince. And the owner of this hostel, he was a Chinese guy, and he was born in Oakland, California, and we very rarely saw him. He lived way, way up high in the attic where the birds fly. And this guy would just come down once in a while when he had one of those massage ladies show up. And man, this Chinese guy says, this guy's a prince? He goes, man, he paid me in quarters last night. <laughs> then the prince, he had a friend show up from Uganda, and the two of them were sharing one bed, and they'd pay, and the prince would go out at night and go to the disco with everybody and they'd all have fun and his buddy would sleep in the bed and then he'd sleep and the Chinese guy goes you can't do that yeah, so me and Jose and everybody we chipped in we got these guys at bed they go man never mind you know here's you know here's 80 bucks or whatever it was we you know we all got along real well with one another but me and Jose we went one time and walked down to the market and there was fruit peppers and we found eggs from a local lady. And she was really interested in having me and Jose come over for dinner. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And then her husband showed up. Mm, big John. He was a big guy. And Jose got scared. And he kind of took off. I kept talking to him. And they gave me the address. And I tried to go out there. And I got lost. <laughs> oh, oh, man, oh, man. Jeez. So one night I was in the 
the little metro area at the McDonald's, just having a coffee. And this young gypsy girl sits on my lap. And I picked her up, and I put her in the seat next to me, and I go, no. No, 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 no. And I gave her a peach. Then I gave her a nectarine the next day. So I became friends with this. She was oh, maybe 17 or 18. Uh, I didn't want to have anything to do with a little street kid. So I was just giving her fruit. She was real scrawny looking, and she'd eat that fruit right in front of me. Man, oh man, this girl's in bad shape. So she took me by the arm one night and she showed me where her and her friend were sleeping. And I can't even describe it. It was just a big silver thing with just a little opening. You could probably put a little dog through or her or Gilligan. And man, oh man, I mean, it was just full of just junk. Oh man. So one night, this gypsy girl that I was giving fruit to every night and she talked to me a little bit she spoke a little bit of english you know she took me to her family home which was in a dump and i walked in and it was like one of those old rod steiger movies there was people sleeping all over the floor you couldn't even take a step without stepping on somebody's hand or their forehead so whew, here comes this guy, Gypsy. It was her dad, and he had a bottle of wine, and he was drunk. So I took a sip of wine off this bottle. Oh, man, and he sits me down. Broken plate, three legs on the chair. All these dogs were all around me. The kids got up. Everybody was all around me. And I was eating spaghetti. And the girl was telling everybody, this is the good man that's helping me and he's giving me fruit. And man, everybody was, so I kept drinking wine with these guys and eating spaghetti. And I thought that was real neat that this girl invited me to her family dump and have dinner with everybody and the gypsy with a mustache and a hat and they started playing the music. And man, it was, it was great. It was a lot of fun. It was just the one night there with this gypsy girl. And then I got to know all her brothers and her sisters and her mom and dad. So I went back and told Jose, and he wanted to know, you know what I mean, where it was. I go, no, don't go over there. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. So... I never told nobody except Jose, and he didn't go over there. I said, nah, you know, they kind of know me a little bit. And Jose spoke the language Romanian fluently, as it's very similar with Spanish in any way. He learned it when he was younger, which was a good thing in Europe to know all these languages because he used them. So me and Jose, we walked back to that market. It was just down the road from the hostel. And I was walking back with him, and we had peppers and corn and stuff. And I saw this real tall, skinny Hong Kong guy, and he was swaying back and forth when he walked. He walked right by me, and I grabbed him. I go, hey! He goes, hey, man! Hey, we're hugging each other. Hey, man! I was in a hostel with this Hong Kong guy a year earlier in Greece. And I remember he liked eating boiled eggs. And cheese. And that's just what we had. We had a bunch of 
eggs were going to boil and cheese. He said, hey, man, he goes, I'm living over here now. I go, hey, no fool. He goes, come on, man. So he takes me over to his place. He had this Romanian girlfriend and a couple guys from, I think they were from Scotland. And they're all living in this one place. And this place, that this I don't remember his name, but he was from Hong Kong. This Hong Kong guy, he had me and Jose and Paul and Abel and all these people, Christine from Austin. We'd all show up over at his place every night. And that was fun. They were all drinking beer and there was a hanky-panky going on and all this stuff. It was like a college fraternity. It was just down the road from the hostel, like 15-minute walk. And me and that Hong Kong guy, we'd go sit out on the balcony, and we'd sit there and talk. And, yeah, I remember that guy over there. Yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, man, I remember. Remember when we got lost? Yeah, yeah, we were having a good time. And I'd show up. Everybody's staring at me, and they're all drunk with beer bottles and vodka and everything everywhere and cigarette butts, burn holes in the carpet. I walk in at a big thing of milk and cookies. <laughs> milk and cookies. They were yelling at it. Yeah, anybody want some cookies? Oh, oh, so these guys, they, they kind of messed the place up and they got thrown out. And I lost track of the guy. And some of these people I sure would like to see again. As I had a real good time over there in this hostel. And even the owner, I remember one night I was sitting in that little metro talking with that gypsy girl. And here comes that Chinese guy, that real small Chinese guy, the owner of the hostel. And he couldn't even walk. He was stumbling drunk. So I picked the guy up, like felt like old Hoss Cartwright. He picked this Chinese guy up and I carried him home. And on the way, it's <laughs> a real pretty girl. And she's coming up to me and she says, is that Daniel? I go, yeah, it was. I was supposed to give him a massage tonight. I go, it looks like it's canceled, honey. <laughs> I go, you know what? Come over anyway. We're all sitting out there in the patio. You'll have a good time. You'll be able to give some of them guys a massage. So she did. You know what I mean? And I took Daniel way up. Up these real skinny, steep, steep stairs. And I dropped this guy off in his bed. The bed broke. He was still, he was out. I go, oh, man, this guy's the owner? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so I remember that girl that worked there, Christina. I went to pick up some money at Western Union one day, and it was a blustery, windy day. And I got to this Western Union, and the lady wouldn't give me my money and I signed everything, gave it. I go, oh man, I, so I didn't want to start breaking things, you know. They probably call the cops. So I went back and I got Christina, the girl that worked at the hostel, this one that looked like Hepburn. She was real pretty and real good skin and teeth. And oh man, anyway, she couldn't walk. She had hurt her ankle. And I said, oh, I guess it's contagious, you know. And she said, oh, she says, those guys are going to take your money. I go, I know they're going to take my money. I go, come on. So she couldn't walk. So I put this real small, pretty girl that worked at the house, I put her on my shoulders. And I walked her down the street. <laughs> Everybody was looking at us. And we got to that Western Union. And by the time 
we got to the counter, all my money was on the counter. This girl seen that I had a local girl with me, and she gave me back all my dough. And I mean, that was close, because it was a big wad. It was a couple hundred of whatever it was. It was enough to stay there another month. And some more people came in, a couple Swedish guys, and we were kicking a soccer ball around. And we met more people, and me and Jose were going around, and we are hitting rocks with sticks, like Stan Musial and them guys. And, boy, we just had a good old time. And that was the funnest hostel that I was ever in. Yeah, what's wrong? Wrong, brother. You mean what's right. The Calvinator Division of Nash Calvinator has agreed to stand by tonight and let Nash have the whole show. And this is why. Just listen to this telegram from Nash. Okay to announce big news. Stop. All Nash dealers, coast to coast. Now, get this. All Nash dealers will have the new Nash on display tomorrow. Say, that's the news I've been waiting for. You and a million others, Kurt. And what an eyeful they're going to get. That new Nash 600 and Nash Ambassador are two beautiful automobiles. You mean you've seen them? Seen them? I've driven them. And believe me, I never knew what driving meant before. Is the Nash 600 really big? Even bigger than you thought it was going to be. And how about economy? Does the new Nash 600 really deliver 25 to 30 miles on a gallon? Like a breeze, Kurt. I want to know... Now, look, you two, look. Why ask me about the new Nash 600? I could talk all night about that unitized body and coil springing, but it all adds up to a new thrill you can discover for yourselves tomorrow. And you better get there early, folks, because everybody wants to see the newest new car in America. So why not make it a family affair? Take the kids and neighbors, too. You've waited a long time for this, but, man, it was worth it. Just wait till you see the new Nash on display at your dealer's tomorrow. That's what we've been waiting to hear. Now let's make with the music, okay, Vic? Let's get going again. <laughs> Folks, the biggest show in town is opening tomorrow at your Nash dealers. Now, you may think you've seen everything, but wait until you see your first new Nash 600. Sure, it's beautiful, but it's not just a new model. It's a new kind of car. So new, so different, you'll just have to see it to believe it. Think of it 25 to 30 miles on a gallon of gasoline at moderate highway speed. And it's big. Plenty of headroom, legroom, and elbow room for six large people to lounge at ease. And it has a weather-eye conditioned air system and a convertible bed, coil springing on all four wheels. But words can't describe the new Nash cars. You've just got to see them to appreciate them. They're terrific performers and so much smoother, so much quieter, so much easier to drive. But don't let other folks try to tell you what they're like. See the new Nash 600 and the Nash Ambassador yourself tomorrow at your Nash dealers. They're there right now waiting for you. One look, and you'll know why we say... You'll be ahead with Nash. Starting tomorrow, the new Nash will be on display in your local Nash dealer's showroom. You'll want to see it. Everybody wants to see this great new Nash car. See that Nash, that new Nash, now it's on display. What a car for this new world, and now it's on its way. 
shout, we can sing and still we'll never say all the 